Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. No Gavin today, but I have brought in a great guest for you guys. You might remember him as the previous host of Locked On Knicks. I have James Marcita on with me today to tackle some mailbag questions from you guys, including the Knicks media coverage. Is it fair? Were they right or wrong for their treatment of the Jalen Brunson event and things of that nature? Talk about some Donovan Mitchell rumors, of course. What else? And some food takes. We got some some food discussion in this too. Coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. Uh, you're, it's much appreciated that you make us a part of your day every single day, and we are very thankful for that. And I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I am joined by the former host of Locked On Knicks, currently Works for NBA 2K, which is why I am now <laughs> the host of Locked on Knicks. The guy who helped get me this job, I'm always eternally grateful for that. And always eternally grateful to have him on. He's someone that I, is still a friend of mine to this day. I still talk to him a ton. And I, I, I'm always happy to bring him back on and give him a chance to catch up with you guys, the Locked on listeners, many of whom I'm sure were listening back when he is host. He is, of course, James Marcita. Uh <laughs> Who you might know on Twitter these days is at the Irishman he he is uh it's a fun little Twitter handle. But we have a really fun discussion today, starting to get into your July mailbag questions. So I won't hold this up any further. Let's get into the episode with James Marcita. All right, as promised, I am joined by a very special guest returning for the first time in a while. We have the former host of Locked On Knicks, the guy who I have to give all the props for being nice enough to turn me on to hosting this podcast. The man, the myth, the legend at the Irishman hee hee on Twitter, James Marcita. James, how are you doing today, bud? It's been a long time coming to get you back on the podcast. Very excited to get into it today. I am doing great. It is a pleasure to be here. It's a total nightmare to be on video uh, <laughs> for anyone who's watching on YouTube. I feel like I need to eight mile myself first before we <laughs> keep going. So like, no one can bring up the shit that I would make fun of. I'm as fat as I've ever been. Uh, my neck beard is like wildly, I haven't groomed it in like two or three weeks and I haven't showered in like four days. So okay. I think that covers it. I'm greasy. <laughs> um, I've got like a backwards hat on, which is not for fashion, but is for, uh, keeping the hair out of my eyes. So, uh, I think that covers it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Your hair is much longer than the last time I saw you. It's been, it's been I quite some time. I have not cut it since the pandemic started. I had one trim. Nice. Well, it shows you. I want to fade to a little bit. It's long and glorious these days. 
Uh, well, we got so we're doing mailbag questions. We're into the mm-hmm. July mailbag way later than usual. Normally, Gavin and I play the mailbag card the second a new month happens, but there's been enough to talk about with Summer League and all this stuff. Uh-huh. We haven't had to play the card yet, uh, but we have some great questions, some more specifically for you than, than other questions. And the first one comes from a good buddy of ours, uh, currently going by Mick Lynch Stan account on Twitter at Jax365. Is it possible James can do his old opening line? If not, he's uh-huh. dead to me. I'm right there with Jax. You're dead to me, too, if you don't try to at least attempt to do your old opening line. It's been a while. I haven't practiced it out loud, but I said it in my mind earlier. I was like, I think that's all the parts of it. But uh, here we go. And uh, Well, caveat, my daughter is sleeping two rooms over, so I'm not going to, like, scream it like I normally do. That's fine. That saves me time in editing anyway. That saves me time in in balancing audio, so it's good. You're good. All right. All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Knicks. I'm your former host, James Marcino. You may know me as NBA Injury Report on Twitter. And this is episode 69,420. On today's show, we are joined by the actual host, Alex Wolf. (laughs) And me to answer your mailbag questions. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, I I give you good good marks. You just didn't oh, do the I AKAs. I did the AK. I knew I was gonna forget something. Yeah, but the yeah. vibe was right. The vibe. The was vibe was good. Vibe check passed. Uh, yeah. And I'll uh, I'll throw out what provolone ranger. Um, that was always my favorite one. That one made me laugh the most. So we'll just go with that one. Okay. AK. I was gonna do. I was gonna do uh, Def Jam Gundy. Oh, that was a good one, too. Wasn't there a Fizdale one, too, just to date ourselves? Uh, Probably. I had a lot. And then I got yelled at for imitating Jesus and Mero, rest in peace. Yeah. I was doing. But then I was like, all right, I don't need to do 30. I can do one or two. You You used to do, uh, uh, at the end of every episode, take, take, take that for data, too. That was was the Fizdale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. Let's get to a a real Knicks question here. Uh, Although I did very much enjoy that rendition of the old Thank intro. Uh, this comes to us from Adrian Chatham at Magic Age 683. Pretty, uh, this is sort of an evergreen question, but especially uh, poignant today with all of the back and forth about whether the Knicks should have allowed uh, reporters into the Jalen Brunson introduction or whatever. Uh, so Adrian wants to know, as fellow Knicks fans, is it frustrating how much the media flip-flops on their Knicks takes? If we don't draft and get picks, lol Knicks. Now if we rush and throw everything at the wall for Spider, lol Knicks, they got fleeced. If we stay pat, lol Knicks, doesn't seem like we win. We try to move prudently and with purpose. Hurry up, make a splash. We make a move. Oh, the Knicks overpaid. What do you guys feel about this yo-yo type relationship with non-Knicks media? James, how are you feeling about the the uh, national and even even to some degree local media about the Knicks uh, as as things have sort of hit a that off season low where people can get really upset about not going to a Jalen Brunson uh, fan event. <laughs> right. I mean that whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, it's as far as national media goes. Like you know, I've been ignoring those guys for like a decade plus. Um, everything that who is this Adrian Chatham 
uh, says is true. You know, it's uh, it's very disingenuous. It's very lazy. You know, the Knicks have been bad forever. So it's just like, oh, I can just make a joke about them being bad. And no matter what, you know, they do, it'll like probably work out that they'll f*** it up, you know, historically over the past two decades or whatever. Um, I, I see it the most in our wonderful Discord, which I can't keep myself away from, but people are rightfully always, you know, annoyed at the stupidest takes that they see. And that's where I come up against it. And it's just like, I don't know, man. You just, it's, it's true that the media sucks. I don't really think there's anything we can do about it other than supporting, uh, you know, actually good media outlets such as Locked On X and the Strickland. And I, I do think it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting all serious about this because like nothing could matter less. Um, but, but like it's 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 bully mentality. Like they they as long as you react to them, that's all they want. They don't give a shit, you know, about like being correct or fair. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm talking obviously like generally speaking, there are there are good people <laughs> in the media sprinkled here and there. But so if you just don't interact with them, like don't follow them, don't respond to their tweets, make fun of these people in our Discord, uh, then that to me is the right way to approach things. All right, I'll be right back in with James Marcita. We're going to finish this discussion on the New York media and the overall access and, and whether they need it for certain aspects, whether the Knicks were right for not inviting media to the Jalen Brunson event, things of that nature. And we're going to get into a food discussion, a, a once notorious food take by Gavin about a foreign substance that he's putting in the pasta water other than salt. So I'll revisit that with James in just a moment. But got to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are here for a limited time. Go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. I can testify Coconut brownie chunk has long been one of my favorite flavors. Puffs are the textural taste sensation that you never thought you could get out of a protein bar. It really is like eating a chocolate-covered marshmallow. In this case, you're eating a chocolate-covered marshmallow that tastes like coconut with actual brownie chunks on top. It is amazing. I don't, I don't know how it's possibly not just a regular candy bar full of fat and sugar and everything else, but Built Bar does it, and I eat one before pretty much every workout now. And the best part about Built, Puff, Built Puffs, of course, is that they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat when you've got a craving, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you just need a quick, healthy snack. And they're a great source of protein, great for before or after your workout. I'm actually a huge proponent of taking a Built Bar before my workout to make sure my body has something to draw from while I'm working out. Pro tip. So if you want to get some for yourself, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm of a similar mind. And, and, you know, as it specifically, and I'm, I know this doesn't totally go 
with the question. I just thought this was a good way to introduce like the news of the day. But like, well, okay, I'll answer the actual question first. Yes, there is a double standard, like, or a triple, quadruple, quintuple standard, you know, whatever, whatever standard it is that they need to say, like, oh, the Knicks suck. Like, that's the one they're going to go with. I feel like the bar is a little higher for the Knicks than other teams where like the Knicks have shown genuine improvement and genuine ability to make decent moves. And like, honestly, dating all the way back to even like Phil Jackson, they haven't made a rash like draft pick decision type move, which is why it's it's like extra bizarre to me that everyone has suddenly decided like, oh, the Knicks are going to just like cave and give the Jazz like as many draft picks as humanly possible, plus all their young players for Donovan Mitchell, just because that's what the Knicks do. And they're, they're, you know, losers that always give up draft picks. You know, it's like that hasn't happened in a long time. And, you know, even the last time they gave up like relatively significant draft capital was like the mellow trade or maybe giving up any draft capital at all for Andrea Bargnani was obviously a mistake, but that's been like close to 10 years now, you know, or over 10 years in the case of the mellow deal. So like, you know, I, I think that there is this sort of, uh, can't win type thing with the the Knicks in the media. And I think it's, I, I think that that has a big part to do with why we see things like the Brunson event. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is how I turn wrap this up in a bow and make it kind of full circle, right? Like beautiful. You, you sort of see this with the Brunson event where, you know, if it was under ordinary circumstances, I might be like, yeah, okay. I kind of get it. Like that. I, if I was a reporter, I would want to go there just to report on the event, talk to Brunson afterwards, see how excited he is to be a Nick and this, that, and the other. But the reality is, is that you can't necessarily trust some of the people that are on the beat. And especially like some of the national people that maybe would have been invited to something like that to keep it focused and, you know, to not turn it into uh, oh, well, Jalen, there's rumors about Donovan Mitchell. How do you feel about potentially playing with Donovan Mitchell? Oh, Jalen, when was the first time that Leon Rose called you about your contract? Right. Like, it's all just like gotchaism, you know? And, and that's, I think, what the Knicks generally try to avoid. Now, like, if the Knicks started saying, especially as far as like once the NBA lifts this restriction, you know, one, if which they should this coming season, because um, they've had it in place for COVID, but I think it should be lifted universally this year. But like if the Knicks start saying, okay, you're not allowed to talk to the coach after the game and you're not allowed to talk to the players ever, then that I understand because there is journalism to be had. Like, you know, as much as uh, he's sort of maligned among Knicks fans, I know like Stefan Bondi actually said at one point this year, like Derek Rose was wearing that, like looked to be like hand knit Fez hat all year. And everybody (laughs) was like, what the hell is the deal with this hat? And Bondi was like, this is where, you know, locker room journalism is useful because myself or someone else could have gone up to Roseman like, hey, what's the deal with that hat and written a story about it? You know, and that's those are fun little quirky things that were, that were robbed of. Fun, you know, but when, not necessary for like the you know survival of our republic. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's it's also that's the thing. People act yeah. like if, this isn't a First Amendment issue. Like that means they can't throw you in jail for publishing a story of facts. Like that's what it means. Or they can't like pass a law that you can't, you know, cover the Knicks, like Congress can't do that. It doesn't mean that you have to be invited to like the launch of a, like a new like soda flavor, which is basically what this is. Like this is publicity, these pressers. I know that the precedent is that, you know, the media goes there, but especially when you've been treated like, look, like, you know, Dolan, Dolan is so many things. We know all the bad things. Although ironically, I think, He's probably one of the least evil 
billionaire owners in the league, given that his just comes from like a cable empire that he didn't, you know, do anything to actually build versus like deep state fuckery and all the crazy stuff that like true hoop writes about, you know, and like the Joe size of the world. But like they, but that being said, like the Knicks, as we've been discussing, have been treated unfairly by the press and with double, triple, quadruple standards forever. So why should they expect to be invited to these things, which are, you know, not even like this isn't, if you want to do journalism, do journalism, like beat the bushes, like call people, find them when they're going to their car or whatever. If you're really trying to do some like hard hitting shit, but when this guy's being introduced on his first day of the job, like I think that's personally a little rude to show up there with, you know, all your questions about this, that, and the other, like, Say what you will about like tampering, which I think is just a joke, and they should get rid of all those laws or rules. Um, but you know, Jalen Brunson is someone who you know you you don't, especially someone like him who's not just you know this preternatural athlete who can jump out of the gym, et cetera, et cetera. He's someone who who all these guys are to different extents, but have worked his ass off for this moment. That's going to be one of the highlights of his life of coming home to the Garden, you know, in the prime of his career, and to want to use that to turn it into some sort of like. The Knicks, no one's as bad as them. Sorry, you can uh, beat that one out. Um, you know, I just, I, it's, it's disingenuous, like so much of what these people say, to, to cry like this is, this is how it all, like goes to hell. Like, no, it's, it, it's, it's not. This is entertainment. Yeah, and and you know, it, this kind of goes back to the the spirit of the the mailbag question too, in the sense of. You know, no other team in the NBA is going to get a segment on ESPN about this, but the Knicks. You know, this is like a Knicks exclusive thing that people complain this much about, like not being able to go to the introduction of a new player or whatever. And you know, ultimately, the the other thing too, and this the, maybe this could be like one of the last points we go on on this because there's other things to talk about in this. But like mm-hmm. the other thing is that a lot of these writers often frame it as, well you know, the fans should be the ones that are super upset about this because this is doing a disservice to you. Now I can't go there and get you the information that you want, except for then the Knicks stream the whole thing online free for fans. They had Bill Pito there to like ask questions and look, they asked questions to Jalen about how he feels about coming to the Knicks, why he came to the Knicks, et cetera, et cetera. Like those are fine questions to ask. And then on top of that, if you want to talk about like, the fans and whether what's fair for the fans or not, they did invite season ticket holders who are fans to come and like ask him questions and hobnob with him and like come and get your picture taken with Jalen Brunson and talk to him and whatever. I mean, they did a pretty good job by the fans here. You know, like if we're talking about, Oh, are the Knicks doing enough for the fans as far as what they're doing with these events? I think they did just fine. You know, and And the fans who care the least about this lack of access are the same fans who don't ever get their questions asked by these guys, you know, about mm-hmm. like, cause these guys, as much as they pretend that they're hard hitting journalists, they play the access game like anyone else. And they, they tiptoe around things and they don't really ask hard questions when they know things would make people like, you know, fibs uncomfortable. Um, and so then when they don't ask, like, why aren't you playing the kids and that kind of stuff, or they don't ever push back with any kind of stats and they are just like, you know, it's really hard for me not to curse right now pull stuff out of his butt um that's why people don't care because they don't represent them you know and then they get like the most online people who are the most plugged in who are following the team the most closely who know the most nuance about them are the same people who are just not being 
serviced, <laughs> if you will, by these journalists. Um, and they can't understand, or I think they can understand, but it's, it's their game. You know, they're, they're going to whine and act like they're being, you know, thrown in the gulag uh, for, <laughs> because it might affect their bottom line. Like eventually they might become, you know, the post is like, well, if we aren't even allowed to go into these press conferences, what do we need you for? Um, I think you might have even mentioned this <laughs> somewhere. Maybe you don't want to be on record as saying this, but like they could be replaced by some, you know, someone working remotely, uh, making like way less money at some point. And I think that factors into their complaints way more than they'd ever admit publicly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly a, a conversation that has a lot of, uh, a lot of different facets to it and one that maybe we'll get into in another time. I wanted to get to a couple other questions here. Uh, so I got one from our buddy, Mikey cooks at Mikey Hello. underscore cooks on Twitter. And Mikey wants to know how is the 2K franchise treated James? And if it's not good, does he need to take his talents to EA? <laughs> so we want to talk about hard hitting journalism. This is it right here. James Marcy, They're great. writer for NBA 2K. James, how are you mm -hmm. feeling? I, this, I'm sure that this is people that are longtime fans of the show would love to hear how you're doing anyway. So uh, how are you doing in your personal life working for 2K these days? How's everything treating uh, you in California and everything? You know, working for. 2k is like a dream come true to be honest um they treat me well the bay area is amazing i can i am completely soft now as far as like weather goes like i don't think i could handle like a summer or a winter <laughs> anywhere else because it's just like 70 degrees year out here um you know uh kids doing great i don't know <laughs> if everyone knows that i'm a dad but they should i'm even wearing i think my hat is this the dad hat i forget what hat it I'm is wearing. the dad hat you are nice yeah, wore that to the hospital when Dylan was born. <laughs> Shouts to Dylan, my baby girl. Um, and uh, yeah, no, fuck it. 2K for life. <laughs> I, I cursed again, man. Don't worry, I'm taking down timestamps, so you, you, right. you're not getting off the hook here. These will be bleeped for YouTube. Uh, <laughs> to move to our next question, this is a little, uh, another one, another deep cut here from Mikey. Uh -huh. uh, Mikey Cooks on Twitter. This is this is this is a little bit of a source of controversy, James. Uh, one of the last times you were on, which God seems forever ago, at this point, uh, we were talking about always salt in the pasta water, which was one mm -hmm. of your another one of your refrains from uh, your time on Locked On Knicks. And Gavin mentioned that he puts garlic powder mm -hmm. in his pasta water. I sort of scoffed at that, <laughs> and it's like you put what in your pasta water? And he was like. No, it like flavors the water and it and it sort of right. you know, it sticks to the pasta a little bit and it's good. You entertained this idea and you said you were going to try it. Uh, yeah. So Mikey wants to know is garlic, he said garlic salt, garlic salt, garlic powder, whatever you want to say, is right. a, a form of granulated garlic acceptable in pasta water. James? We need so to know the answer. I got a lot of guff uh, for entertaining this. I was at, you know, I've... I, Still follows you around I, to this I, day. I was, it still <laughs> follows me around to this day. When I heard it, my first thought was like, that's completely insane and don't ever talk to me again. But I was trying to be a better person. I still am. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I'll try it. I never tried it. And the more I think about it, it um, it's unacceptable, um, which was my first <laughs> instinct. Because garlic, like I really, I only mess with, fresh garlic like i don't even buy the like minced that comes in jars 
And you can so easily just like saute a little garlic in some olive oil and throw, you know, throw that or in your sauce or whatever. Like garlic is such a staple of Italian cuisine um, that no, no, it's insane to put any kind of granulated garlic in the pasta water. I love Gavin. And if he enjoys it, you know, uh, good for him. But as a real Italian, <laughs> I'm more than half. So I can say that. Uh, no, it's, it's unacceptable. Very, very Love brave you, of you to say that without him on this podcast right now. See, I, I just set you right up. <laughs> I know. Saying his back. But, say that to Gavin's face next time, James. If I'm, I'm going to tell I'll him. Say it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> this will never stop coming up, to be honest. I think we're going to – if Gavin and I are still doing this five years from now, we'll have you on. Like, <laughs> your hair will I want to know if Gavin like, still does it. That would be a good I, update. Like, has he grown is, up in his culinary yeah. adventure? <laughs> Is he grown up? <laughs> it's just like the salt water, James. You got to create the brine, you know? Uh, anyway. All I mean, right. I guess like the, the, the theory makes sense. Like part of you salt the pasta water because pasta absorbs water uh, mm -hmm. while it's cooking and while it's boiling and the salt gets in there and it salts the actual pasta. Like I get it. But again, the garlic can go in whatever sauce you're making. We, we, don't, yeah. we don't need to absorb that into the pasta. Let me let me real quick one last pasta cooking technique that I've started oh, doing because oh. I saw it on a I saw it on a cooking show or something. Uh, do you ever take a little a little splash of the salty pasta water and throw it in your sauce when you combine the the pasta and the sauce and are mixing it up in the pan? Yes, and one thing that I avoided for a long time because it adds a pan a lot of the time is you know finishing the pasta like in like you take it out with some of the sauce if you make a lot of sauce especially right you take some of the sauce out you put the pasta in and you you if you really want to be like if it's just like a tuesday night fine you don't have to do this shit. but if you want to be like the best cursed again sorry if you don't want to uh if you want to make the best pasta possible you need to take it out like a minute or two before it's al dente and finish cooking it in the sauce with a little bit of that pasta water. And that way it also not only absorbs the salt from the water, but it, the pasta will f absorb some of the sauce as well. If you think that's where like Gavin has gone astray. Like you can have that fresh garlic in that sauce. <laughs> you finish the pasta in the sauce. It gets the fresh garlic flavor, not the granulated garlic, you know, is good for like a mix. If you're, you know, smoking a meat or something like that, I'm not like, always against granulated garlic, but in this instance, finish it in the pan with the sauce, like you said, a little splash of the pasta water, uh, add a little bit of starch, uh, and you're good to go. Gavin has gone astray. You heard it here first. Also, I don't know why we don't have a cooking podcast together yet, James. One of we these should. days. Yeah. We'll start one up for the Strickland or something. Uh, all right. I'm not going to lie. I don't understand this one at all. I assume that you understand it because it was in response to you. Maybe this is an Irishman reference or something. Uh, William F. Baldwin at William F. Baldwin on Twitter. James, this rash, it from you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to need to see a pic of your rash. There, it, there was no picture. There was no other yeah. explanation other than this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any I, rashes. I thought maybe you I get got it. lots of medical problems, but no, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, Sometimes people just try to be funny and they're not pros, you know? I would love and, some and... clarification from Mr. F. Baldwin here. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Anyway, back to some more Nixie type stuff. The F stands for Fugazi. Fugazi. <laughs> for real or Fugazi? <laughs> yes, that's another great classic. Callback. Locked on Nick segment. 
Oh, man. Everybody go back and listen to all the old episodes when I used to be a guest calling in on terrible phone quality Skype or whatever, talking to James. Those were good episodes. You sound great, by the way. Your setup is nice. I'm oh. wondering how you how do you hear without headphones? Earbud, buddy. Something in there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like a like a secret agent here. I got a little oh, earbud in. Like you barely perceive it. It's plugged into my microphone, and uh, no, yeah. I, it, you whatever you got. Your setup sounds really good and is light years ahead of Ashwin's. Uh, and I agree. Ashamed of himself. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll hash that out. Ashwin, <laughs> you know. Anyway, we got, we got <laughs> enough inside baseball. We've got another question uh, from DJ at Ace underscore and underscore Zulo on Twitter. Should the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell? Uh, does that increase or decrease your confidence in Tibbs as the head coach? Would his presence elevate Mitchell's defense as the uh, once and maybe former greatest Tibbs stan of all time? As it pertained to Tibbs on the Knicks, I had to give you this question, James. Yeah. How do you feel about – I mean, this is honestly – it is an interesting question, right? Because yeah. I know that even you had sort of turned on the general Tibbs of it all by the end of yeah. the season, despite formerly being like very much like Tibbs the man. And I think a lot of us did. And Well, my, my, kind of, just like in one sentence, my thing was yeah. that team two years ago, largely because of Randall – was successful beyond my wildest expectations, and I didn't understand it. So even when he did obviously dump stuff like starting Elf, you know, I was like, you know what? I don't understand this alchemy. Fine. You know, like that was – it wasn't like this is a good decision. <laughs> I never thought that. I never thought starting Elf was a good decision. But I was like, maybe there's some weird thing that I have no idea about that for some reason this – you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yes, that was more than one sentence. But. That's that's the nuance of it all. However, I'm yeah. going to say that you fully supported the elf decision, you <laughs> bum. Um, but I, you know, I think that, that there is, you know, there's some intrigue to this whole dynamic of what's going on with the Knicks right now, right? Because obviously, Tibbs had a bad season. I think that like a lot yeah. of what went wrong for the Knicks can be attributed to Tibbs's decisions with the the rotations and all that stuff throughout the season, playing Kemba Walker as long as he did, not yeah. utilizing Evan Fournier properly, like putting up with Randall, playing how Randall did for so much of the year with no repercussions. You know, there were like so many things that made you doubt Tibbs. The front office is, you know, they said at the end of the season, even though everybody wants to see Tibbs gone, like the day after the season was over, they basically, they never explicitly said it, but you know, it got out to the media. Like now we're going to go into next season with Tibbs as the head coach. Okay, fine. You know, and if that that was the case and they kept the same roster and all that stuff, fine, okay. But now we're in a situation where it's looking like the Knicks are most likely going to add a Donovan Mitchell and at some point before the season starts. And you're going to have Mitchell, you're going to have the newly signed Jalen Brunson, you're going to have Hartenstein to give you a little different look at center and maybe not have Julius Randle on the team anymore. Which then begs the question: Like, is Tibbs gonna? This team should be a lot better, maybe even than the twenty twenty one season next year, if that's the case. And is Tibbs They'll really have a better roster? I mean, it's, yeah, the Randall's a huge variable, obviously, in how he performs. But yeah, so like, overall. how are you feeling about Tibbs going into next season if he's given like a Donovan Mitchell? Do you think he can get the best out of him? Do you think it more comes down to like, will Johnny Bryant be able to get the most out of Donovan Mitchell, being like one of his best right, buds? Right. 
you know, like where are you sitting with that right now as far as Tibbs going into next season with potentially Mitchell on the team? I mean, you know, I, I don't think the way this question was phrased, it was does it increase or decrease your confidence in, in Tibbs? I don't think it changes it. Like, I think who he is is who he is. I think, you know, the better your team is, the better you look as a coach. Like, you know, they're as good a coach as Phil Jackson was. I'm not sure how many people could have screwed up Michael Jordan's reign. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so the more talent you have, you know, you're going to look better. I still sense that. Tibbs is not the coach if they ever are to get into serious championship contention where you've got to kind of make those more chess move playoff adjustments. Um, we've seen him be very rigid. Uh, people can learn and grow. He's on the older end uh, for coaches. So, you know, anyone it gets a little harder the older you get. He's grown a little bit, but not quite as much as it was like, you know, he recognizes that threes are important or whatever, but there's a lot of other things that he hasn't changed from early on in his coaching career. Um, we could do a lot worse than Thibs. I think we could probably do better. I think that they ultimately kept him uh, in sort of a self-preservation type move because once you fire one coach, you know, and then you're you're with that other guy, whereas now if something goes a little wrong, you can, you know, get rid of him if they need to. I don't know if that's true. You know, that's just my speculation. Uh, I wasn't admitted to the press conference today, so I wasn't able to ask, you know, <laughs> Jalen Brunson uh, if he knows if Leon is looking to replace him. But, you know, uh, I won't – It like, if the roster's shaping up uh, the way it's looking like it's going to, and mostly at this point I mean by getting rid of Julius. Julius is the one, like, enormous variable. Uh, if he's gone – then there'll be like very few things I feel like he can do that will like super annoy me next year because so much was who he played and he had so many people that are going to be gone next year that he was kind of leaning on when he should have been playing the young guys more. And so I think a lot of those decisions will sort of be taken out of his hands. I mean, if Donovan comes and you never know with IQ, is he going to get like 15 minutes? I, I you know I don't think so. I think he'll get more. I, I, you know I think he'll get more in that 25 minute range. Um, you know, that's, that's where I am with it with Tibbs. I, I don't necessarily think he's the guy to get you a championship once you're a real contender. For right now, I'm okay with it, and I'm especially okay with it if Randall's gone. If he's here, I still think there's going to be – you never know what the balance is between, like, this guy has a lot of talent, so I'm, just, I'm not going to give up on him and try to get stuff out of him versus, you know, organizational pressure to either recoup on an investment – you know, by making him play well for your team or by making him look good for a trade. So there's all kinds of stuff like that that goes on behind the scenes that you'll never, you know, get an on-the-record comment from, from like, Leon Rose about what's going on. You don't know exactly why all of the decisions are being made. Um, but uh, I just really hope Julius Randle is gone. <laughs> that's, that's, like, my main thing with Tibbs coming back as coach because uh, that's such a huge – that could really throw a wrench in things in so many ways. And yeah, I, his worst instincts. I, I think my biggest worry as it pertains to Tibbs and as it relates to Randall is that, you know, with Mitchell, uh, like Randall, for example, in 2021, we saw he can be a team player. He can play good defense individually and team defense. You know, like he has all that in him. But then this past year just kind of was like, I don't feel like doing those things. And Donovan Mitchell, it's sort of the same deal, right? Like we know that he has a good defender in him. Like that was actually sort of more his calling card coming out of like college. And then 
you know, you just realized once he got in the league, like, oh crap, like this guy can score like 20 a game <laughs> as a rookie. Um, so, you know, I think that I, I think when it comes down to it, like Mitchell isn't so different from Julius in that he sort of gave up on the jazz in many ways. I think probably more than any person that's like a jazz fan would want to admit while they're currently mm-hmm. trying to sell him to the Knicks for eight first round picks. But, you know, he was not defending to his top level for probably his last like two, maybe three years there, you know, and that's why Rudy Gobert was like really the anchor of that defense um, yeah. was that there was a lack of perimeter defense with like old, old Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Um, so like he needs to have buy-in on that end. I think there's maybe something to be said for like, as long as Tibbs wouldn't be like, all right, Donovan, you're still going to be getting like 40% usage you know, like you were in Utah. Um, so, you know, buckle up, like, and we're going to have you yeah. be the the engine of everything. I can't see that being the case with the newly with signed Brunson Jalen there. Brunson, yeah. right? And RJ Barrett, who took on such a bigger role to end last year. 100%. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance that as long as Tibbs or whatever coach is willing to say, all right, Donovan, let's get you down to like a reasonable 20 to 25% usage and your, your efficiency will probably go up. Like life will be a lot easier for you and you'll have really good teammates in the backcourt, but just play a little more defense, please. Cause we're going to take I mean, some yeah, stuff off your plate. Yeah. Randall's the one glaring counter example, but I, I do think that Tibbs can get through to a lot of guys and get them playing really hard. Like, mm-hmm. and my gut tells me that he could get more out of Donovan Mitchell on the defensive end for sure. If I and I think that, he could like, especially I'll, I'll do it. On that. Yeah. <laughs> he could especially do it year one with Mitchell too, because Mitchell's going to be like, and I'm the in New York thing, he's not going to yeah. be like thumbs down. And, like he's never no. going to like he'll dog it on defense sometimes. Like I'm sure, like no matter if he's better or not. Like because that's just whatever. You know, he's a supreme offensive talent. Those guys like occasionally they take some plays off, whatever. But if he can take off way fewer than he did last year, you know, I'll, I'll count that as a success. Yeah, and you know, I, I and think then Tim could help him there. Yeah, and you and you'll have this very like happy-go-lucky, want-to-try-hard-for-New-York backcourt then of Brunson, who, like, grew up on the MSG court, like, uh, Mitchell, who grew up in New York, in the New York City area, and then RJ, who's become, like, maybe the best adopted child of New York City in, like, forever. Um, I I think they'll all have a good time, and and there won't be any issues with trying to get them to, like, try hard for the city or whatever, especially in, in Donovan's first year. All right, that's it for this part with James Marcita. Hope you enjoyed the first part of our mailbag discussion. We will be back tomorrow to talk about some more stuff, including uh, how the Knicks should prioritize their 2023 draft picks as far as trying to protect them in potential trade negotiations and stuff like that. And a very compelling discussion on some of your favorite handheld food items like hot dogs, burgers, tacos, and burritos. We rank those four and determine which one is the champion among those handheld foods. So that's all coming up next time on Locked on Knicks. But for today, thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more discussion with James. Till next time, though, talk to you all soon. Peace out.